Bergstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. That's well done, Mike Rankin. Well done. Especially considering the nature of the subject. Uh, Greg Davis, our engineer, just came in here. They gave, they gave you the disapproving parent look. You're so disappointed. <laughs> yep. But if you're on Twitch right now, twitch.tv slash Cogger670score, you can see that the, the broken microphone has been removed. And apparently it's going to be fairly easy to replace, so I don't feel as bad. The now. microphone itself is fine. The expensive right. part is fine. The Electro Voice 5000 or whatever these are is fine. They, if you actually damage the microphone, then then you got issues here. Then they're going to send me home. But thanks to, to Craig for coming in and hopefully getting all this thing settled before transition happens, and I imagine that he will. I, I would tell you that I think he gets it fixed before noon. You want to take the over or the under? If I say 12.01, by the time Greg Davis gets the new microphone up and running in here. I'll, I'll say under. Ray? I'm always going to go under with my man, Greg Davis. I'll he's say under. Just be, worker. Yeah, he's a clean desk guy, too. Because he's on the to-do list. He's gonna. This is one he can just knock out, get done, not worry about it. Throw it away. Right. Like the mic stand. Um, okay. So you have all of this stuff that's going on inside of the Greg Popovich press conference. You got Will asking the question, the first two questions of it. And then it's basically Will asked the question, he asked another question, and then it was the Sam Smith and Greg Popovich show. And most of it was, ah, you know, I like wine. And if you talk to your players about the trade deadline, da, 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 da. but they got into a conversation late in the press conference that I think will be illuminating to why perhaps one of the best players on the Bulls is reluctant to shoot three-pointers. This is Greg Popovich giving you his thoughts about what the three-pointer has and has not done for the game of basketball. I'll give you my answer that's, you know, a bit cynical, uh, but a bit what I honestly feel. I I think we should have a a four-point shot and a five-point shot so we can make it a total circus. And then we won't even do basketball anymore. Let's make it like a carnival for the fans, and they can all yell and scream when somebody hits a five-pointer. So you're, in other words, in support of the way it's going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I wanted to add on to that. Actually, it's that it's boring, is what it is. Thank, thank you for that. Yeah. So um, very boring. Yeah. But do you think it'll change? I mean, do you think the league? I mean, no. You know, the rules are about can't, you can't change because analytically, it's true. I mean, I, I, I can tell you how many games, uh, and this is one of the ways, I, the question before I keep the guys up a little bit, we, we'll play some teams that, you know, are obviously more talented, but we'll have more assists. We will have shot more free throws, uh, have more points in the paint, uh, have more fast break points, and then maybe we made seven threes and they made 14. Game over. That's the first thing you look at now when you look at the stat sheet because the other stuff is minimized because of the emphasis that the three-point shot has on the game. Do you think the league will ever take away the quarter three, you know, and sort of make it just fewer? Or would you like to see that? 
I would, you know, I'm not in their meetings. I don't think they care what I think, no, but no, they don't care. Uh, but I think that would be pretty cool because it's the easiest thing to do. It would change rotations. It would change the way people think about playing defense, what to give up and not give up. Uh, it, would, it would help a lot because it's the way it is. The guy in the corner ends open, ends up open an inordinate amount of times, and not because anybody necessarily made a mistake. It's just rotation-wise, you can't get there, especially if you're going to try to take somebody out of the game. You know, somebody's doing really well, and you want to take them out, double-team them or whatever. If you want to blitz a pick-and-roll, you, you, you can't do that. That's one of the reasons everybody switches. You know, so if you have five men who can switch, your team is totally different. Then you play one through five red, and you're in front of everybody. You don't leave anybody open. That's why I said it's boring. Yeah, and just to follow up on that, because the league essentially said, well, we're going to – reward or award one more point, 50% more for a shot. But if you're doing something else well, like an assist or a block or some element of the other game, we're not going to give you any more for that. So do you think that will ever change where you say, well, maybe we'll reward you know, blocks or maybe we'll reward something else? I think a little bit more time has to go by so that there are more people who think it's boring. And that general momentum, I think, can bring about some creativity where what you're talking about there can happen. And that's what the G League does, you know, the experimentation that they do down there. I think it should become even more drastic to employ some of those kinds of notions for sure. So what do you hear there, oh, Dan? God. Okay, let, let, let me start. First of all, I would like a little bit of self-awareness. And I mentioned Theo before, but when where Theo Epstein has now become a, a, a consultant to Major League Baseball to try to make the game more aesthetically pleasing, more interesting, more fun to watch and a better experience, he at least took personal responsibility. He said, "This is a lot of this is my fault for analytically understanding we want to make games four and a half hours in Boston because we can draw walks, because on-base percentage matters, everything that's happened with velocity, everything that's happened with launch angle, etc. And at least it started with a little bit of self-awareness because Greg Popovich, I love him to death, but that's the same guy that was that was re-engineering pick and roll actions for the quarter three. He was one of the people that popular. Wait a second. So this is three, and this is shorter than the other three, but it's still worth fifty percent more. Okay. Here's how Danny Green's going to start one way down the lane. We're going to set a pick. He's going to come right back out the other side. You think he's going this way? Nope. We're reversing the action. Ball comes over the top. Bang, bang, right in the pocket. Boom. Same thing with Tony Parker. See, earlier with Bruce Bowen, he he did a lot of that stuff. Screen. He, he took the Utah screen roll, but made it for a third guy. That The result of that action wasn't for a dive the ball cut handler. To the... It wasn't for the, the, the Carl Malone flattening out and shooting a baseline. It was to make that action pull a defender off a corner three-point shooter or a wing three-point shooter. So just give me some, some self-awareness and some understanding there. That's fine. I get everything he's saying. But it also, it also bugs me. That if that's what DeMar and DeMar bought in, and that's the DeMar's belief, and like you use the term radicalized, which is obviously a charged term, but I, I totally understand what you mean by it. it games are still decided by who's got more points. Right. Like until they change that, until they change the scoreboard and the winning and losing based on number of points, 
You've, you've got to do this. Now, maybe they'll rewind some of these. Maybe they'll dial it back, just like baseball's getting rid of shifting. Baseball's trying. Are you okay with them eliminating the corner three? I don't know. But here, the problem I have, then, is the unintended consequence of if you if you stop the three-point line at past the wing, or you stop that, then you're going to have a defense. It's just going to change the shape of the defense. Now, you're going you're gonna to be able to position people differently, and... It's going to clog up the interior again, too. You're going to have a lot more hard fouls. There's going to be a lot more. If you think rim protection is a thing now, I I don't necessarily think it's going to bring back the mid-range game. If that's what your if your goal is to do that, I don't know that taking away the corner three does it. I I'm not sure about it either. And I, also, I couldn't tell if Sam was joking when he was saying, you know, maybe blocks or assists. Like I. I didn't understand what he was saying. Can you get like a point for that? Right. That's what he's saying. It's award uh, points for that on the scoreboard. Yeah. I I think considering the history of the three-point shot and it going back into the ABA, do you think basketball is boring? No. I don't either. But obviously, he's seen thousands upon thousands upon thousands of games. I, I do also wonder, is part of his issue with this that he doesn't have a roster with players that can make three-pointers? And if he did, if he had players like like what he had with Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili, and when they were running some of this action, would he still feel the same way about it? Like, it kind of came off as boomerish. It kind of came off of like back in my day, things were better. Little little Jim Beheim, <laughs> yeah, we were talking about yesterday. And I mean, look, they were him and Sam were joking about it. Like that's why I put up on Twitter where Sam joked and said, "I'm happy to be in a room where I'm not the only one that people think should retire." And then Pop high fived him. Yeah, yeah. And and it I was cute. I do wonder if if all of these things, if you don't like the game this much, and it doesn't like that, doesn't look like things are going to get better for San Antonio anytime soon, then it probably is time to go. It's the way he said it, too, about looking at the score sheet immediately after the game. Because you know these coaches, they, they literally hand them a piece of paper. It's eight and a half by 11 piece of paper, and that's their whole life on there. Their whole game's on there. And I, I think what he's saying is, as a coach, he feels like he did his job. Mm-hmm. Where they're assisting on field goals, they're getting points in the paint, they're running the floor. The bellwethers that used to mean... That, that used to be causal and correlative to victory and success are rendered less so by the three-point shot. Okay, great. The, right, so adjust. Like, obviously, that's the case. Defend it. Defend it better or exploit it on the offensive end. I, I don't get what's so hard about it. Like I, I get that trying to find players that are actually going to be effective three-point shooters, but I don't know. Like I, I, I'm fine with half court and seeing guys work in a half court. But as you said, if you're telling me that there's an opportunity for 50% more on each three that I take, and we know kind of what the math is about what your percentage needs to be if you're trading threes for twos, adjust, and coach it, it. It isn't just that too. It's the evolution of the young player. 
It's the Steph Curry generation that begat Trey Young that's and Damian Lillard that's going to beget. You think the shooting's good now? Can you? The kids are practicing logo threes. I, I I agree, but I also think that when I watch Trey Young, I'm watching a bastardized version of what Steph Curry does because I feel like Trey Young doesn't move the way that Steph Curry does. Like tracking Steph Curry in a, in a half court set and watching what he puts the defender through to get those open looks. With Trey Young, I feel like I'm just watching a guy who's like, I can shoot it from here. You also could take a step forward and shoot it from behind the arc, but it's not 30 feet. It's 27, and you have a better likelihood of making that shot. And with Dame, I think Dame just kind of evolved where he's out here taking, he did it last night, took a 35-footer and knocked it down. I think that people want to try and play like Steph, but Steph's unique. In, in, in his ability to make the shot and his ability to make defenses work. So you can you can talk about the generation of kids that are grown up idolizing Steph Curry, but it's it's the same as the guys that grew up idolizing Jordan, but weren't Jordan. You know, like like all the Harold Miner. Here's Harold Miner. He's baby Jordan. No. no, he's not. No, no, he's not. And stop calling him that. Please. The 971 texter, wherever that is, says, make the corner three worth two and a half. Well, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. I, I, that's, I mean, all this stuff is certainly worth discussing. But then you have to figure out how far up that line toward the top you're going to go it to. Is there a 2.75 shot in there, too? You're going to start strategizing some of that and... What what that would do to the way you set lines? Can you win a game by a oh half point? Oh my god! Right, feels very CBA ish. One ten and a half to one ten. <laughs> you hit the two and a half point shot to win it. I mean, think about end game situations and how you would do some of that stuff. It's kind of cool.